Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know that feeling when you walk into your home? Take a deep breath. And feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Pro Bowl vote is here. An awesome Pro Bowl starts with awesome players, and your vote helps decide who gets a spot on the AFC and NFC rosters. Show your love, cast your vote, and make sure your favorite players make it to the 2020 Pro Bowl. Vote today and be entered to win exclusive prizes at NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Mark Strand, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the Fantasy Viper, Graham Farfield. Week 11 is upon us mm-hmm. uh so we're getting to like the the whole thanksgiving portion of the i know we're still what a couple weeks away from thanksgiving but uh thanksgiving is really weirdly late this year it's really late. Yeah, yeah yeah it's really really What's today late. wednesday today is so wednesday we, two weeks from tomorrow two weeks yeah, from two tomorrow, weeks tomorrow. Okay. Right. right so uh that would make it what the 28th Eighth. I yeah. yeah 28th yeah, for, for thanksgiving this year uh which is funny i, I have I, for whatever reason i have a lot of friends whose birthday is on november 28th hmm. Um, and they always sort of moan and complain that a lot of times their birthday falls on Thanksgiving. Uh, in fact, I, I once dated a girl who complained to me that her 21st birthday was on Thanksgiving Day. And so while everybody else for their 21st birthday got to go out and party and get drunk, she was like at home with her family and like, you know, yeah, having a Thanksgiving Day. Well, I mean, I guess you can get drunk at home with your family, but it's not necessarily it's not, as fun. Yeah, it's not quite the same, you know, as uh, kind of going out and, you know, I, I was in Vegas on my 21st birthday. Mine's in the middle of the year. And, oh, geez. You know, I was I was at I was at some some bar in New Haven, Connecticut. I can't I think it was called Shooters or something like that. Yeah. And what I remember the most about that is throwing up into an empty tennis ball container in my buddy's <laughs> back seat. Ooh. 
tennis ball. That's a, that's that's a, that actually takes a level of it, skill, you know, I think. It was, it was, it <laughs> right? Was, I'm impressed. It was either all over his seats and yeah. floor or into this thing. So yeah. I would puke into it, finish, throw it out I was going to say, you got to, like, and, like, it's not and that big. Go, and go again. Wow. That was, yeah. You basically, you made a nice little uh, little smoothie there in the, in, in oh, the, in the, in the tennis ball right. container. throw up again. Yikes. <laughs> oh, man. So on to, uh, you know, past that note. Uh, yeah. You know, last week we talked about way too early running backs this week. We'll talk some way too early wide receiver chat just for those of you whose season may not be going the way you wanted and maybe have an eye toward 2020. We'll talk to Jeff Ratcliffe from Pro Football Focus, get his thoughts on some of these uh, running back issues that have popped up around the league in the last couple of weeks or so. And because it is Wednesday, uh, we'll do some drop or nots after you've made some of your waiver wire claims and uh, maybe you're trying to make some room on your roster, some guys that maybe you can clear out there a little bit. Uh, but before we do all that, go behind the glass and talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. Murphy, I heard you had a celebrity sighting recently. I had a good one, yeah. Uh, and I only count the celebrity sightings when you're just out, you know, out in the wild. No, no like, planned, like, I Out in the this wild? One. Out what? in the wild. Yeah. Where, yeah. where like, in the mountains? Well, some people, no, no, no. Some people, like, like, oh, if you, uh, at work, somebody came in, like, this count like you have to be out and about right you just like see them random yes exactly um yeah so i was lucky enough to be at the 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 king's wild game yesterday because uh my girlfriend oh oh, out in the wild no there you go yeah that's (laughs) what you i didn't even think of that and uh we were leaving the kings won the game and walk uh going down the escalator and um there was alfie allen who plays theon Greyjoy from game of thrones and he was wearing a gray like the alternate king's jersey and he had like a group of probably six seven people with him and they were talking about their plans for what they were doing later on and i um i didn't want to say his name and cause attention to him i also didn't want to disrespect him by calling him theon so (laughs) i did the next best thing which was just you know, lock eyes with him for as long as possible. As he, he wrote <laughs> so you were a the, creep, basically. I was, yeah. yeah. I, I just, uh, yeah, I had a, because to me that was, for a show that obviously we all talk about it, like it's a big part of my life, and I was like to see him there, one of the, you know, main characters, uh, probably one of the redeeming things to come out of the last season, I think, of Game of Thrones 2, uh, to see him in person was pretty cool. I wonder yeah. how much it pisses uh, actors and actresses off when people, uh, you know, mention them by their... Refer to them by their character names? So this this happened, like, several years ago at NFL Network, and I don't exactly remember who it was, but John Ratzenberger was here. And if you're a Cheers fan like oh, me, yeah, you know uh, John Ratzenberger, who okay. actually was in Star Wars... By the way, yes, he was one of the one of the knob turners that was sort of you know I think it was very early in his yes. career. So someone who was involved in sort of getting him from point A to point B or whatever thought his name was Cliff was actually Cliff Clavin because they didn't know who he was and he kept calling him Cliff and John Ratzenberger was pissed, really pissed off. So like it's just, I, I wonder like how actors and actresses are like you know I, I, it's not actually my real name. I think I would have asked uh, Alfie yeah. you know. Um, do you regret killing John Wick's dog? That too. Yeah, <laughs> he's known for being like like two playing two of like the worst characters in right? uh, movies and television in recent time. And, but he, and he's like so iconic. Like you can see him, you, you know it's him. And he had like you know his thick accent and everything. And it was uh, it was cool to to. And you said he was just like a little dude, right? He's extremely small. Yeah, he was like, I mean, like five, Pretty six, normal. five, seven. I mean, I, like. Huh? It's pretty normal, I feel like. They gotta have the smaller guys to kinda get the John Snow's not right. a big yeah, dude. Kid either. Harrington. No, Kid really Harrington, small. not, not a big guy. man, not a large man. No. So, that, uh, that show has guys who are like closer to five foot and close to seven foot. There's like no way There's no way between right? yeah. you got you know you got Kid Harrington and you've yeah. got like the mountain. The mountain, <laughs> yeah, the hound and all that. Yeah, right. Stuff like that. So Oh man, always fun seeing celebrities out in the wild. In the meantime, let's do some news. <laughs>
through the news. Uh, starting in Atlanta, some bad news for the Falcons and for Devontae Freeman. He's got a foot sprain. He could miss uh, the next couple of weeks in the Atlanta offense. So that means Brian Hill is next in line. And, uh, I mean, Fabs, I would imagine he was a popular ad last night. And I yep. think this is a good week to start him against that Panther defense. Yeah, their defense has been awful against running backs, especially on the road this week. They're on their home field. Hill sort of projects as a guy who's like more of like a between the tackles kind of guy. He's more of a grinder. He's not like Freeman who can catch a ton of balls out of the backfield. So um, I think he is an RB2 without question, potentially a very good flex starter just based on the fact that workload appears to be, you know, imminent. And the matchup is extremely good. Yeah, the Falcons are a really tough spot now. I mean, not only is Ido Smith on IR, not as not only now is Devonta Freeman hurt. They've now got to go to like Brian Hill and Kenyon Barner as their three and four backs yeah. here. So I'm 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 with you. I'm fully expecting Brian Hill to get at least twenty touches in this spot. And this Panthers run defense has really struggled all year. I mean, they've been in like the bottom five of most mm-hmm. run defense metrics all season. Don't well, you figure they gave up what the four touchdown game to Tevin Coleman? Yeah. They gave up what three to to Aaron Jones last week. I mean, they have been getting shred. Uh, by a lot of running backs, so Brian Hill potentially is the next one in line to, to have a big game. Speaking of running back news, uh, you'll be shocked to hear this, but Matt Breida's hurt again, guys. Oh, wonderful. I know that that never happens. Um, he has a sprained ankle. He is going for a second opinion on this said guy has ankle. a sprained ankle every I other. Right. I feel like he was born with a sprained ankle. I mean, at this point, man, he just can't make it through a game healthy. It's just, it's getting, it's. it's I feel bad for him. It's getting sad. Yeah, I mean, it's rough. Although, you know, we also remember last year when he had a sprained ankle, and it seemed yeah. like he was at the on the point of amputation nearly, and, and we would make know. contingency plans, and he'd show up and he'd run for like ninety yards and a touchdown. Yeah, it was exactly. a game time decision, like every game, like every year, and every single week he would ball out do well it was amazing um but this looks like he actually may miss some time those are the reports that uh, he will will not be available to the 49ers for an indeterminate amount of time um so obviously you know that means tevin coleman probably takes on a bigger workload but i mean graham are we cool with raheem mostert uh if we have to be yeah, I mean, I think if you're if you're truly desperate at the at the RB spot this week, and you could roll out Mostert, he he provided some decent flex value uh, for you while Tevin Coleman was out earlier this year. But I just think this is a, another really good spot for Tevin Coleman to get going. I know you just mentioned that Panthers game that was back now two weeks ago. Uh, last two weeks have not been good for Coleman. He's been a little bit lower on the touch count. But with Matt Breed out of the lineup at home, favored against the Cardinals, should be a really good matchup for him to exploit. Yeah, uh, you know, it's so weird, though, on Monday night to see Mostert in kind of late in that game, especially in overtime. It was, right? Yeah. yeah. He, was, yep. he was getting a lot of work there. So, uh, you know, I, I still, as somebody who has Tevin Coleman on a couple of rosters, um, I'm hoping he gets a bigger workload without Breida. But, you know, Shanahanigans, man, it runs in the family, so you never, you never really know. By the way, speaking of that, Mr. Niners here, what was up with that coin toss thing? So apparently, what was up with that coin toss apparently, thing? did you hear about that? Yeah, Gino I, says he called heads, although he did have a tweet where he said hails. That was his tweet. Uh, I think to sort of poke fun at it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, in fact, uh, our own Jim Trotter uh, was on NFL now yesterday saying that he did talk to Gino Smith and Gino said he called heads. Now, Gino also said he called heads. Because before the game, Russell Wilson had called tails, and so he felt like, I think the, the, the comment was something that mathematically, the odds of it coming up heads were greater, which makes no sense at all, because... That's not how that That's works. not how it works. Yeah, that's not how that <laughs> like, works. Each coin flip is an individual event, and so the odds will always be 50-50. Like, yep. it, doesn't, it doesn't ever change, but you do you, Gino. I mean, I guess it worked out. It was out. so strange, though, because, like, there was... There was uh, 
uh, there was a clip on uh, TMZ, and it was clear that he had said one thing. But then one of our researchers, Matt Frederick, showed me another video, and I listened to that, and it's Laurel versus Yanni. It sounds like <laughs> it, the other thing. It's yeah. Laurel versus Yanni, right? Like, it depends on where you're listening or who you are. Like, you probably heard so. different things. I guess my, my point to it, though, is that when the ref said heads, it, you know, it is heads, nobody argued with it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. when Jerome Bettis, you know, when, when you know, the, the famous Jerome Bettis went happy, like, he actually, I, like, screamed and was upset. That's a good point. I definitely feel like Richard Sherman... Had he said tales, would have been like, would have called like, it out. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Right, Richard right. Sherman. I would yeah. just, I was, yeah. Exactly. Richard Sherman would have called it out. Like nobody blinked an eye. You know, everybody just kind of went on about it. So I felt like the the refs must have got it right. Yeah. Um. Other injury news: Brandon Cooks has already been ruled out for the Rams' Week 11 game as he continues to deal with concussion symptoms. Um. You know, from just a personal standpoint for him, this is I think kind of becoming disturbing a little bit. He's had a number yeah. of concussion issues. This one is starting to last a little bit longer, and so you sort of wonder about his long-term health there. So that's something uh, definitely to be concerned about. Uh, for our perspective, though, Fabs, I mean, do we feel okay with Josh Reynolds? He, we know he's going to be on the field. He just seems like he's very risk-reward right Bro, now. this offense is garbage right now. Like, There's also I, that. It's so strange to say that because of what they were last year, and we remember that Chiefs game and, and just the Vikings off, game. Going, I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> every week this offense, it's not the same offense, clearly. We're already in week 11. I don't trust any Rams. I might trust Gerald Everett more than I trust any Ram, and that includes Todd Gurley. Who Even Cooper Cup? Who didn't? Uh, I still Cubs believe in Cooper Cup. He, he, I mean, I think he, last last week was a bad week, yeah, but I, I mean, still believe. You have no catches. Yeah, I, the Cooper Cup, I, I would, I, I would, still, I, I would trust as well. But it, it is one of those things where, like, man, you you don't want shares of players who are borderline rosterable in your starting lineup uh, when the offense is awful. So, and they're playing the Bears this week. This could end up being a low-scoring game. Heck, I'd be afraid of Robert Woods this week. Cooper, to be Cup, quite honest with Cooper you, Cooper Cup's going to have a nice bounce-back game. Uh, I don't think that's that's necessarily a bold call, but yeah, man, this this Rams team is not these are not the same Rams that we were uh, we were expecting. These are no, not the same Rams that we it, had last year or the year before. It's either. not, and it's a lesson to everybody out there that you know what, just because something was great one season doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be great again. Yeah, and the Rams are are proof of that. And this yeah. is this is another brutal matchup here for Jared Goff. I mean, pressure heavy front seven, very talented front yeah, seven. Don't want anything take, to do with him this week. I, I actually I I drop him. I, I'm good with, I'm good with and I, I go back to I feel like last year against the Bears I think I said this earlier like that's when sort of the decline started for Jared Goff that they you know they kind of beat him up a little bit and um I don't know if I can say this I think he started seeing ghosts I don't know if I'm gonna get in trouble now You're in trouble. um <laughs> but he hasn't really been the same quarterback since then we saw it all through the postseason and we've seen yep. it uh, for quite a bit of this season. You're going to have well. a very, very kind email in your inbox. Yeah, I know. Um, so if I'm not here next week, um, know that I love you all. I'll stop. Uh, <laughs> uh, a bit of news that actually just came across uh, Twitter.com as we were sitting here and talking. Um, the Bengals have cleared John Ross to return to practice. Uh, he's actually eligible to play in Cleveland, or at Cleveland, I should say, on December 8th. He can start practicing with the team now. Um, I mean, look, the, the Bengals haven't really offered us much in, in terms of production uh, with a few maybe hits here and there. This basically means that John Ross is available for the fantasy playoffs. So week 14, they're at Cleveland. Week 15, they're home against the Patriots. Week 16, they are at Miami. Mm -hmm. Two of those three aren't 
terrible. I mean, when it comes time, if you need a wide receiver, would either of you consider John Ross? Just throwing passes to him? Right, yeah. Probably Ryan Finley. It'll be Ryan Finley. And Ryan Finley last week and in the preseason just basically did not throw deep. And that's what we need for John Ross, right? I mean, we need Ross to get those deep targets. And with Finley back there, I, I have no confidence that they're going to By the way, though, gonna get it going. As, I saw as, Ryan, as an owner of Joe Mixon, I like Ryan Finley. I saw, <laughs> I saw a play where Ryan Finley was – legitimately not pressured on Tate was going down the field on the sideline wide open he just threw it out of bounds just chucked it out of bounds just threw it away I mean I, I mean Finley was I'll put it this way he was interesting last week <laughs> That's interesting. being kind yeah and he he was so interesting that the Raiders are one of the top yeah. defensive streamers oh absolutely the oh no and they had a huge game last week doubt. against the Chargers yeah I mean, they, I mean, they, they played well against. They played well against a good quarterback. I know. Yeah, now they get yeah. they get to face Ryan Finley. Yeah, yeah. It's odd. It's always odd to put in a waiver claim for like the Raiders defense, though. Right. Yeah. You know? but right. Yeah. It's you, like, and you know what? Because I am haunted by the Nick Mullins game. Oh uh, yeah, when, uh, when Nick Mullins oh, just yeah, shredded them. About that. Third yeah. string quarterback comes in, and we all thought, hey, yeah, start the Raiders. Ooh, the Raiders be fine. and they that was sucked. A, well, that was a third. I think that was a third. Yes, night it, game was a, too. yes um, it was a yes. Well, I mean, look, if, if it makes you feel any better, it was a few years ago when I said the Raiders were a sleeper defense, and then Nick Foles threw seven touchdowns. So yeah, uh, okay. that part. <laughs> so it happens. Uh, last piece of news: Dwayne Haskins has been named the quarterback starter in Washington for the rest of the season. Uh, I mean, Graham, from a football standpoint, I'm just I'm curious to watch him play and see him develop and see what he can do from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, R.I.P. Terry McLaurin. I will remember you. <laughs> yeah. But sorry, the matchup, sorry, the matchup is is pretty good. Yeah. And with four teams off, would you guys completely fade Terry McLaurin? Yes. Like you're not playing him. Yes. Like you're, you're so so you're going to play. <sighs> you're going to no. you're going to play Marvin Jones over him this week. I, Marvin Jones got a bad matchup with Jeff Driscoll in her center. I can I can see. I'm just asking. Yeah, I can see a way where I could flex McLaurin, um, and maybe this look. And, and I know this logic may be faulty sometimes, but it kind of it kind of falls back on the look. Somebody's got to get targets in that offense, sort of thing. Yeah. And McLaurin has been the guy who most consistently gets open. Yeah, that's fair. And obviously, the Jets is just such an easy draw. But but Haskins this year, guys, has just been. Ter- I mean, he's, just, he's been awful. He's been terrible. He's been awful. He's played 96 snaps this year, and he's already thrown four picks and taken eight sacks. That's so not good. That's what not you're good. saying that's is not, that the Jets for. are a second for the second week in a row are a great streamer. Yeah. I yeah, mean, except that uh, Danny, Danny Dines actually had a good game against them. No, I know, but they had 19 points. True. Yeah, true. Had I mean, 19 points. Well, you know, I, Jamal I, Adams just snatching the ball uh, out of Jones' hand. I like Jets D this week, and their yeah. run defense is really good. I think they can stop this uh, this Redskins run offense. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Haskins, man. I, I think, you know, it depends on, on, obviously, who else you have on your bench. I, I think Marvin Jones versus McLaurin is really close. That's a good – that's probably a really good – one I'd go one. with McLaurin to be honest with you. I, I would I would consider it too. Uh that's a good one for for sure. But I think at this point we just really have to temper expectations for McLaurin moving forward and and uh, you know the matchup is right at least. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's kind of what you, you you fall back on uh if you were faced to with with that decision with you know McLaurin or somebody else on your roster. So there you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> That was the news. Back here joining us again is our pal Jeff Ratcliffe from Pro Football Focus. We love talking to him uh, on Wednesdays, getting his take on the fantasy football world. Jeff, as always, appreciate your time. How are you feeling today? I am feeling good. I, I guess I'm getting into that second wave where, uh, you know, 
after you stay up for 24 hours straight, you're good for another like 12 hours, right? <laughs> That's how I feel right now. But uh, hey, last week was crazy. Uh, a lot of stuff we didn't expect to see. We're seeing, and this is, this just shows us the NFL every single week unpredictable. Yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of unpredictable, I mean, let, let's start in that Cardinals backfield, right? Because we weren't quite sure what to expect with both David Johnson and Kenyon Drake being there, and it just. Uh, it was not great, especially if you had David Johnson in your lineup. It, it was not what you wanted to see. And so now that sort of begs the question, I mean, it looks like Kenyon Drake may be taking over. Maybe I'm wrong, but what do we do with David Johnson now? Well, yeah, well, last week we kind of had the right idea, but the wrong players, right? We thought, all right, well, David Johnson's going to be sort of an RB2, and then Kenyon Drake kind of a flex type guy. Yeah, it was the other way around, and Honestly, Johnson does not look like the player he was a few years ago, and it shouldn't be surprising that a 27-year-old running back is on the decline, but he's really not able to do anything independent of his blocking. This is a stat that I pointed out before he was hurt. I said that, you know, so far this season, we had saw Chase Edmonds was very effective after contact. He was averaging over three yards after contact. That was um, before David Johnson got hurt. David Johnson was at 1.99. He is still at 1.99, remarkably, after last week. <laughs> but that is not good. The Mendoza line in baseball, we know that, you know, the batting average under two. Well, this is sort of a Mendoza line that we have here as well. This is not an area where we want to be. I want to see these guys at least three yards after contact per attempt. So unfortunately right now, you're just hoping you can get flex value out of David Johnson going forward. Hey, pal. So uh, I consider you one of the best in the business. Um, love your stuff. And I like to pick some of uh, my favorites, their brains, uh, in terms of what their thought process is when they uh, are, are putting together projections, starts and sits, that kind of thing. So last week, Philip Rivers was playing the Raiders, okay? And I knew that he had been bad in Oakland, but the Raiders' defense had been bad against quarterbacks, so everyone started Rivers, and he sucked, okay? Last week, Drew Brees was at home against Atlanta. Atlanta's defense was awful against quarterbacks. The Saints were coming off a bye. Breeze sucked, 11 points. This week, everyone is all over Breeze. He's going to bounce back. The Buccaneers are awful against quarterbacks, except that Breeze has scored 14 or fewer fantasy points in four of his last five games in Tampa Bay, and he's averaging 15 points per game in his last 20 in outdoor road games. Which one makes more sense to you? Do I want to play the Breeze is playing the Buccaneers now and they stink against quarterbacks, so he's a must start? Or am I playing Drew Breeze is not reliable in outdoor road games and he has struggled in Tampa Bay in his career? I'm benching him. Well, I hate to say it, but I'm going to go after the Buccaneers defense. I mean, it's just a <laughs> okay. simple fact of the matter is the defense is so bad. They're, they're so bad that they, they Jeff, cut Jeff, Vernon Jeff, Hargreaves. Atlanta's defense was so bad. Yeah, they just cut Vernon. Hargrave. That's what I'm saying. I, I get it, but just so, no, I'm just saying like we're like I'm not saying that like I have Breeze and I'm playing him this week, but I love to dig into those little trends that might get people thinking. And so, obviously, Breeze is is a guy you're going to play. But we all thought he was going to be a great play last week, and he was terrible. So, is there any hesitation for you? Like, if you have Josh Allen, would you play him over Drew Brees this week, knowing that Brees has struggled in outdoor road games and he has struggled in Tampa Bay? 
Well, you know, it's surprisingly close. So to enter the week, I have Breeze at three and Allen actually at six. So I am pushing the chips in the middle on Allen this week. Mm -hmm. But I still think, you know, you have to you have to make the strongest percentage plays. So that's that you ask for the thought process. Yep. I often think not. Am I playing this game this week? One time only. I think in my mind, if I play this game a hundred times, how many times would I start drew Brees over Josh Allen? And it would certainly be more than 50% of the time. So therefore I'm starting drew Brees. Gotcha. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent of the time though, because I think there is some merit to Josh Allen this week. So it's a good point. Also to build off of this really quickly, drew, drew Brees, terrible game. Michael Thomas, it didn't matter. Yeah. This guy is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Does he top 100 receptions this week? Like, this guy's going to set the record so high. This is going to be like the DiMaggio hitting streak. <laughs> Why are we talking about baseball so much today? But it's going to be so high. This is unreal. The guy has the highest fantasy floor of any player that I can remember. It's insane. I mean, it's like every single week. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter the matchup. doesn't matter who's covering him. doesn't matter who's throwing the ball to him. Even with Teddy Bridgewater, Michael Thomas was still doing Michael Thomas things. It's absurd. Um, so what we didn't see in Arizona, I feel like we did see in Cleveland with their running backs, with Kareem Hunt, uh, you know, working with Nick Chubb there. Um, he spent a lot of time, Hunt did kind of as a pass catcher and, and really, you know, gave some pretty decent numbers there. So now are we comfortable with him as a flex, at least for the rest of the season? Or is this maybe was just a one week kind of tryout thing? No, I think we are. I was expecting Duke Johnson plus in the offense with Kareem Hunt. And that's pretty much what we got. Everybody who was panicking with Nick Chubb, he still had 20 carries. He's, you know, you, you think like 18 to 22 carries for Nick Chubb, one or two receptions, and then Kareem Hunt will clean up the rest of the carries. So four, five, six carries, but he could, you know, this guy can easily catch five, six, seven, eight, nine balls a game going forward here. So definitely, especially if you're PPR in a PPR format, even half point PPR, you can get away with him as a flex or better. And he looked pretty good. And, and it's interesting. That was a tough game. Like that's a tough defense that they went up against. And Cleveland didn't look phenomenal on the offensive side of the ball, but it looked a little bit different out there with hunt than, than it did before he returned from suspension. So I think this is interesting going forward. Um, there are these, this is this chatter. And maybe it's just internet chatter. Maybe it's just scuttlebutt because the Giants aren't playing well. But now, you know, just all of a sudden this talk yesterday of Saquon Barkley being shut down for the season popped up. And, you know, he's denying it. Pat Shermer is denying it. Um, but, you know, you got to feel like it's coming from somewhere. Is this something we should pay attention to? Or is this just, you know, the New York media trying to create a story because the Giants are bad? Well, I think it's a bit of both, right? And, and you know, initially when that injury happened, we heard a four to eight week timetable and I was hearing rumblings behind the scenes that it was going to be closer to eight weeks. And obviously Barkley rushed back, got back on the field and credit where credit's due. The dude wants to compete and you got to give him that, but maybe he did come back a little too early. That being said, I don't think he gets shut down. Just the type of player that he is. Also though, it is that time of year where it is handcuff season so Wayne Gallman, if he's available on waivers, you got to scoop him up. We know he'll be a factor. He's not Saquon Barkley, but in December fantasy football every year, there are guys who aren't the best running backs who end up helping you win a championship. So we got to scoop guys like him up just in case. Um, so we talked some baseball. Let's talk a little basketball. Uh, are you buying this LaShawn McCoy, Kawhi Leonard load management <laughs> thing? Are you buying this argument? That is hilarious. That was exactly what I was going to say. What is this basketball? <laughs> uh, I love the Michael Jordan quote, by the way, Michael Jordan told, told his players, you're p paid to play 82 games. 
um, which I respect that. But anyway, I don't buy it. I don't buy it one bit. McCoy had a little bit of burst like a like an older running back will in September, but started to fade in October. And at this point, you know, it didn't look like the Damian Williams thing was going to actually happen this year. Well, now it does. And he's he's looked pretty decent. They're giving him volume. Obviously, hey, your numbers are going to be skewed when you have a long touchdown run. But the fact of the matter is he's capable of that long touchdown run. We've already seen it happen once. So I actually like him going forward. And and if you have LaShawn McCoy at this point, I really don't have any issue dropping him in our handcuff chart. I actually changed everything. So now I have Damian Williams is obviously the lead guy and Daryl Williams is the priority handcuff. I think that makes sense. I mean, LaShawn McCoy, even even to start the year, I, I don't think he was really blowing anybody out of the water. But like you mentioned, I think his play really started to fade late. And, and Damian Williams has played well over 70% of the Chiefs snaps now in back-to-back games. So it does look like at least he's going to get the featured role and get the shot to get a featured role down the stretch here. Uh, is O.J. Howard back in our lives? Or was this just yeah, he was playing the Cardinals and, you know, tight ends versus the Cardinals, et cetera, et cetera? It's really that. And please be, <laughs> what is George Kittle? Is he going to score four touchdowns? You know, like what is he going to do in this matchup? Even Ross Dwelly, if, if he can't go, then he's going to be interesting at least. Now, the thing about it though, is it was the obvious call of the year stream OJ Howard last week, but ho- I'm hoping that there's just the tiniest bit of a chance that this kind of gets things moving in the right direction for him. I don't expect him to be anything better than a fringe tight end one mo- the rest of the way. But when I go through my rankings every single week, I stop at about the seventh or eighth tight end. And then literally from that tight end until like the 22nd, 23rd, 24th tight end, it is all the same guy. They're all three for 32 tight ends. And whether they score a touchdown or not is whether you think they're good or not. Right. And and that was what Howard was last week. Basically pretty much. He got in the end zone though. So he was a good play. So I think we should be looking at him as a streamer, depending on the weeks going forward. Uh, this week, this week's going to be interesting. I, you know, not them not having Lattimore though, very likely should mean a lot of the wide receivers. So I don't think this is going to be a big OJ Howard week. You know, you talk about those kind of like middle road, you know, kind of bottom tier tight ends. And I, I always feel like when I get a question on Twitter or something about, you know, choosing between some of these tight ends, it's almost like the, do I flip a coin? Do I pull out the magic eight ball? Like, how do I just kind of determine? Because you're right, there's so many of these guys are so much the same, and it really is just about whether or not they can kind of figure out their way into the end zone to actually to make this thing happen. It's, I don't know. Will it get better next year? I know we say this every year, Jeff. Will it, will it get better next year at tight end? Well, I tell you what, the thing that I like about the young tight ends today is they're not like, and it's not to knock Jason Witten, but the big lumbering, you know, 5040 tight ends, right? They, that they're good both ways. They can block, et cetera. That tight end is being replaced by some of these guys. I mean, you look at Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, who is a two-way tight end, um, Irv Smith, who's emerging now. These guys are super athletic. When you're talking a guy like an Evan Ingram who can run a 4-4-40 at his his size. This is a totally different dynamic. Uh, Dallas Goddard, like, I think it will get better. It's just like anything with tight end. It's going to take us a little bit of time. It takes time for these guys to develop. But in three or four years, knock on wood right now, I'm knocking loud. <laughs> uh, let's hope that we actually have at least a dozen tight ends who we can start each week. That, that knocking on wood thing actually seems to work. The Raiders aren't I mean, it, so it worked for John Gruden, right? <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, uh, tight end's going to bounce back in 2020. Knock on wood if you're with me. Knock on wood if you're with me. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Jeff, will let you go. Uh, remind all the folks where they can go out and find your stuff. 
Absolutely. Over at PFF.com, all the content there. And uh, you can check me out on social, Twitter and Instagram is at Jeff Ratcliffe. Hey, appreciate it as always. Be good, man. See you, pal. You guys too. Thanks again to Jeff Ratcliffe for his time. Uh, I think we'll talk to him uh, in a couple weeks. In fact, just before Thanksgiving will be the mm-hmm. next time we uh, check in with Jeff. Uh, but uh, I'm sure you will check in with him, Fabs, like you said. If uh, if, if Drew Brees goes south. Yeah. It, it's almost like the... I don't the, mean directionally. No, no. <laughs> well, he, he, will is, be. he is going south. <laughs> he, is. Yeah. he is going it's south. Like, Isn't it south? Yeah, it's like it? southeast. Slightly. Southeast. Yeah, probably more southeast. east than south. But you know, yes. it's, like, it's like the nurture versus nature thing, right? Like where people want to know, well, are people born that way? Are they raised that way? That kind of thing. Is it more important to look at a player's trend in a specific place or what's going on right now? Right. And last week against Rivers uh, and, the, and the Raiders, which I mentioned... Rivers sucked against a really bad Oakland defense, and he had been bad in Oakland in, I believe, three of his four previous games. So I, it's interesting to see what happens. I, I, I just like throwing that stuff out there and seeing uh, what some of the smart minds say about it. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Um, all right, so you know, as we kind of start to look ahead for, for some of you out there who maybe have not had the best fantasy season and are starting to kind of plan next year. Last week, we talked about running backs and maybe some guys who will move up into the third round and guys who will fall out of the top three rounds. Um, figured to do the same with, with some wide receivers, which maybe was a little bit tougher in some respects. Um, so I sort of tweaked it a little bit. I, I do have three wide receivers who were, you know, right around the top three rounds in most leagues who you know, may or may not be there next year. And so I think on the surface, it's easy to look at these names and say, no way. So I'm going to be devil's advocate and sort of try to make a case for how they could possibly stay in the top three rounds. And you guys can tell me if I'm full of crap or not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The first one, Odell Beckham Jr., who has been one of the bigger disappointments easily in fantasy football this year. Um, And it's not totally on him. And I guess that's my point, right? It, It hasn't totally been his fault. Uh, Baker Mayfield has struggled. He has looked panicked in the pocket a lot this year. The offensive line has had issues. Freddie Kitchen's play calling has left a lot to be desired at times. So it hasn't been an issue of Odell suddenly forgetting how to play football. It's that everything around him has sort of been bad. Um, But... You know, look, the, the Browns the last couple of weeks have started to kind of put some things together. They get in, they get a nice win against the Buffalo Bills. Maybe things are starting to kind of gel a little bit, and maybe the end of the season, with it being an easier schedule, uh, is enough to kind of get this offense going and maybe get it confidence going into next year. So uh, if you spin that narrative in your head the way I just did, <laughs> can you convince yourself that maybe Odell sneaks into the back end of the third round next year? Probably. I would think so. I mean, still one of the most talented guys. The Browns have to address their offensive line in the offseason. I don't know if Freddie Kitchens is going to be the coach there next year. So there's a lot of things that are, are sort of still up in the air. The Browns will have a new coach next year. But a, but <laughs> I would say he's still a borderline top 30 pick. Yeah, the Browns will have a new coach next year. And that'll, that'll I think, swing a lot of people's opinions based on who they get, what kind of offense we're looking at. And, I mean, the Freddie Kitchens experiment. I mean, I was I was excited. I think we all were, but it is it is definitely uh, not gone to expectation. No, has not worked out. It no, not. hasn't worked out at all. All right, uh, all right. So that went better than I thought it would. Um, <laughs> the next one, I have to spin Juju Smith Schuster again. Another one of the huge disappointments this year. I guess my only my only response to it is. Look, man, we didn't know Ben Roethlisberger's arm was going to disintegrate sometime right. in week one, and then he was going to have to deal with Mason Rudolph, uh, you know, Devlin Hodges for a week. Uh, I mean, losing, I mean, obviously losing Love Bell and Antonio Brown takes a lot out of the offense, but losing Ben Roethlisberger, you have, you literally have lost the trigger man that, that, that throws the football there. Um, 
I don't expect Juju to be a second round pick next year the way he was this year. But I think we can, again, if, if Roethlisberger is coming back the way he says, I, we can talk ourselves into the top three rounds again, right? Juju is going to be, I think, the most obvious bounce back candidate uh, of the season next year. It, it, it'll make sense. I mean, Big Ben will be back, hopefully. Uh, he still has a few years left on his deal. And I'm pretty sure he's been he's been pretty adamant that I think he, he says wants he to wants come to come back. back. He wants yes. to come back for another year. Juju's going to be a great bounce back candidate. I think everybody's going to be on. And if he slips into that like early third round range, I I, uh, I foresee myself taking him quite often in that, mm-hmm. in that spot. All right. Um, so last one for that group, Julian Edelman, who right now is the wide receiver nine. Um, he's the wide receiver nine every single year, right? Yeah, I mean, he's like it, right? he goes no higher than six, <laughs> and he goes like no lower than twelve. It's great. As right. long as he's he just right get there. hurt or suspended, yeah. that's where he ends up. Right. So he's he's wide receiver nine right now as we speak. Um, look, and every year, right, we, we'll get to July and we'll get to August, and it'll be the like, how much longer can Tom Brady play? I mean, you know, at some point, the Browns, the, the Patriots offense is going to start to fall apart, right? There's going to be a decline. They're going to bring in a new wide receiver, right? I mean, hey, look, maybe Nikhil Harry develops a little bit more. Maybe we, uh, you know, we, we find somebody else. Maybe they draft somebody. They pick somebody up in free agency, right? And, and that'll be the beginning of the end for Julian Edelman. Um, you know, and I say this, and then we'll get to next November, and he'll be the wide receiver nine again. But mm. are we going to possibly talk ourselves out of Julian Edelman being a top three round pick? So we assume Tom Brady's back. Right. We, he says he's going to play until, like, he's 50. I mean, we also assume that the Patriots aren't bringing in any other big-name receivers. Like, you could totally see A.J. Green going to the Patriots, right? You, yeah. Or, or uh-huh. I, I would think Patriots or, or maybe the Raiders, that could end up being. But so as things stand, I'd probably, I'd probably still look at him as more of, like, a, like a fourth-round pick. So I don't know if he's top 30. I think with – one thing that I've made a mistake on this year is, like, there are pockets in team building, right, where you need to draft for upside. And we just mentioned where Julian Edelman does not have a ton of, like, he d- he's not going to finish top three or top four of the position. And it always comes down, I think, to me is, like, what's your team build look like? You know, mm-hmm. if you just need a solid receiver to a solid floor of points, Edelman's always a great option in the third or fourth round. But Chris Godwin was a fourth-round pick this year, and there's still plenty of times where I took Edelman over Godwin, and plenty right. of people took yep. Uh, Godwin over Edelman. So it always comes down to kind of like what the risk profile is. And Edelman will be 33 next year. You know, that's that's not exactly the age I think no, you want to be drafting receivers at. Yeah, he's right. getting up there. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at some of the potential free agent wide receivers. You mentioned A.J. Green is one. I mean, Amari Cooper technically could hit free agency, although I would imagine the Cowboys are going to get Better something Better not. Oh. Just I, the I'd imagine not. the Cowboys are going to get something done to keep him there. So I, I sort of think that he is he's kind of out of play. For, for most teams there. Um, but I don't know that it's a really great free agent wide receiver class. I mean, Robbie Anderson, um, which Robbie Anderson seems like the kind of thing Bill Belichick will do just to, like, pump him for information. <laughs> Not that they need more information to beat the Jets, but, like, that just seems like a, a, a Bill Belichick signing anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. Okay, so we'll flip now to guys who I'm pretty sure all these guys are going to end up in the top three rounds, but it's just a question of how high into the top three rounds do these guys go? Like, do some of them creep into round one? Are they, you know, high second round picks? Where are they? Uh, the first one, and you, you sort of touched on him a little bit, Graham, Chris Godwin. 
uh, who's been fantastic. It's wild. You look at the, the wide receiver standings. Um, Michael Thomas is number one. No shock. Two and three are both Buccaneers. Yeah. Mike Evans at two. Chris Godwin at three. Both those guys have been lights out so far this year. Although Godwin has slowed over the last slowed, three or four weeks. The part of it is he came out the gate so quickly. Smoking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he had a 41. He went 41 points in week four, 31 points in week five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's you know, sort of those. coming back. Who gets picked ahead of who next year? I, I think Godwin goes first. I, I just I think because of youth. I, I think just yeah. I think Evans just has youth. got. I mean, Evans ain't an old man. He's no, got three games with thirty six or more points this year. No, and it's week eleven. Yeah, it's it's so both of them have just had unbelievable, just Looney Tune ceilings. Right, I mean, they're just putting up unbelievable numbers. I think both will be probably back in first round picks next year. I think that's what we're probably looking at. I think I'd go Godwin just because of his role in that offense, just Mm -hmm. a slot receiver role. He's going to catch a few more balls. He's already got six more catches this year, but Evans' yardage ceiling is just so crazy because Jameis loves throwing him, uh, throwing him the rock downfield. Mm -hmm. So you you talk about Godwin jumping into the first round. Uh, Does Nuke, Nuke fall out of the first round next year? He'll be in that discussion. He'll be right around there with Evans and Godwin. I bet you. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, and look, you look at his, his catch numbers, like, they're fine. I mean, you know, he's still among the league leaders in, in receptions, and the yards have been okay. It's just the touchdowns haven't quite been there. But I know that, you know, he's he has frustrated a lot of us because he hasn't had these big blow-up weeks. But, you know, his production has been pretty good as well. Uh, Tyler Lockett, who right now is the wide receiver five and is a guy that we all loved coming into the season, and I think he's exceeded even a lot of those expectations. Um, easily a top three-round pick. Uh, does he have enough, uh, you guys, to do? to crack that first round or is he still kind of maybe a second round guy? I think he'll be a second round pick this year, mm-hmm. but or, or next year, but Lockett, man, he's four. He's tied for fourth among all receivers and receptions, which is just, it's kind of crazy to think mm-hmm. about for a Seahawks receiver. <laughs> right. I know, right? Russell Wilson <laughs> is just, he's peppering his dude with targets and they're extremely, extremely efficient together. I, I think, yep. yeah, I think we're going to be looking at a couple years here where Lockett's going to put together Back-to-back top 12 receiver one numbers mm-hmm. with Wilson. And still, you know, still a very young man. Lockett's so. 27. Yeah. Right. It feels I, like he's been in the league for a while. For a while. <laughs> he has been in the league guy. for a while. It's taken him a while to, to you know, kind yeah. of break out and get this full-time Yeah, role. I remember yeah. when he was just irrelevant for the most part. You know? Yeah. But that, what's funny is that that actually was also the case with Doug Baldwin. Mm-hmm. When Doug Baldwin started his career, it wasn't really all that great. And then he sort of, like, yeah, two developed of really into good years. really great seasons. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, it took... Know. It took Golden Tate a little bit of time to get going too in Seattle. True, that's true. Uh, I mean, I guess that's what happens though when you, you know, are, are trying to run the ball, right. like you're force feeding the run. Yeah, that sort of thing happens. Uh, Kenny Galladay, who again, another guy, who you know, I said this before. He said before the season that you know he could be a hundred catch guy. I said it probably won't happen in this offense. I don't think it will happen uh, in this offense. I think he's at what thirty eight receptions, something like that. I mean. Um, but he is a big play guy. He's a guy who finds the end zone a lot. And, uh, you know, what, second round for Kenny Galladay? Does that seem reasonable for next season? Second round? I don't know. I, I think he's more of a third rounder. I okay. think so, too. And yeah, it, I think he's know, more of a third rounder. I think I think we all were kind of on this this year. It's like, you yep. know, Kenny Galladay was a fourth round pick. Marvin Jones was eighth, ninth, eighth, ninth round pick. Which one would you rather have? And it'll come down to that again. Yeah. Although I will say Marvin Jones will be. I think he's getting up there, too. He's getting like 30, 31 next year. Marvin uh, Jones is also, I mean, he's had huge games, and then he's had stinkers. He's, he's right. a roller coaster. Gall- yeah. Galladay has definitely been way more consistent. He's had a yep. way more consistent role in this offense. And we also need to see where these two guys end up 
up at the end of the season and what the situation is going to be with Matthew Stafford, who, oh, by the way, uh, I miss him already, man. <laughs> I've got so many shares of Galladay, and now, like, this week. Hey, Galladay came through last week. I know, but it on was that like. that one play. It was, it one was play. like, play. It was like that one, you know, basically Driscoll threw it up, 50-50 ball, and Galladay came down there, right? Yeah. Like, this week. And a lot of people, I think, have a similar situation. So I have Galladay. He's playing against my, my beloved Dallas Cowboys. Um, and I've got Joe Mixon. And I don't know which one to start. And and if it was Stafford under center, it's a no-brainer. It's freaking Galladay. But now, I don't know. <laughs> like, you don't, you're saying you don't trust Jeff Driscoll? I'm not man. sure. I mean, like, the Cowboys defense is tough. Look at Stephon Diggs didn't do a thing last week. Uh, it was all Kyle Rudolph. But so uh, – that doesn't mean TJ Hawkinson's a start this week, guys, by the way. But <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, now I'm in a situation where, like, I legitimately don't know if I should start mixing over Galladay this week. I have to think on that one. Wow. All right. Right. I mean, like, it's no, I mean, yeah. it's not. It's not. I mean, Mixon's had two good games in a row. He's playing the Raiders this week. If they're going to give him that kind of volume, like that was a game script where the running back should have been completely irrelevant. And they gave him 30 touches. Right. <laughs> they were getting crushed. I will say Gio Bernard got hurt in that game. No, no, yeah. I, I get it. I yeah. get it. But still, I'm, I don't know how many of those touches that, that you know, Mixon right. would have lost to right. Gio. It wouldn't have been that many. Maybe he had 25. Right. You know, who knows? But yeah. it's it's a tough one. Mix has kind of quietly bounced back these last two weeks. Yeah. Two pretty solid games. Yep. And two tough matchups. Sure. Because he had the Rams overseas sure. and then last week against Baltimore. Here's a question for you. Because, mm. uh, you you know, you're, you're expressing your frustration about uh, Kenny Galladay this week. Uh, if you had to go, if you had to choose between Kenny Galladay and Terry McLaurin this week. Oh. What are you doing? Oh, I'd go Galladay. I'd go Galladay. <laughs> I'd go. I'd, it's, it, and if if Case Keenum was the quarterback, that might be a different answer. Oh, Case not, oh yeah, without but a doubt. It's not. Yeah. So I'd probably go. I'd probably still go uh, Galladay there. But but here's the thing. Like if Stafford's the quarterback, you're like I don't even care if Case Keenum's the quarterback in Washington. No, I mean, if the guy. If if the two teams have their veteran yeah. starters in there, then right. it's still Galladay. Yeah, over I mean, McLaurin. if if Keenum were back there, I think McLaurin would pretty easily be a top fifteen play this yep. week. But yeah. now yep. with with Haskins, he's thirty ish. Right, I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, last one here, Cooper Cup, and you know, not last week, notwithstanding his you know zero point zero fantasy points that he provided you, uh, has still been outstanding. Uh, he. Is he and Gerald Everett have kind of been the two things that have been the most consistent in this Rams offense probably over the last month or so. Cooper Cup has been pretty consistent all season long. Yep. And he was kind of, what, a fourth, fifth-round pick this past year. Um, I know everyone's going to have concerns about who Jared Goff is and what this Rams offense is going to be next year, but does that preclude Cooper Cup from maybe sneaking into the third round? Cooper Cup's going to be the constant in this offense every single year. Brandon Cook's... We will have to see what his uh, what his health situation looks like. Robert Woods will be another year older, but I think Cooper Cup is just the constant in this offense every year. He'll be the Goff's red zone guy. The, the Rams, their biggest problem this offseason is they have got to address the offensive line. The only issue is I have no idea where the cash flow or draft picks are going to come from to, mm. to, do, to address it. It's not like free agency has been chock full of uh, great offensive linemen either. Yeah. Yeah, I think no that, about it. that's sort of it, too. But so. Cup has been, I mean, you know, we, we were all sort of discussing, because he was coming off the ACL, you know, this year. You know, we were all basically saying, you know, is it Woods? Is it is it, is it Brandon Cooks? And then when Cup started to get healthier, it looked like he was going to be okay. He moved up a little bit. But now the clear-cut Rams wide, wide receiver you want to target next year is Cooper Cup. No question about that. Robert Woods has morphed back into the Buffalo Robert Woods, and it's not fun. When you have, he's just not scoring <laughs> touchdowns. He's gotten really unlucky with touchdowns this year. But even but, that, I and mean, it's because like, Goff has regressed so much. I mean, yeah. this Rams offense is just not in the red zone. As I know, and, and you know, I was talking. We were, you know, to, to Maurice Jones Drew, who covers the, you know, covers the Rams, uh, does the radio calls, and 
you know, I'm asking him, like, why don't they give the ball to Gurley? I mean, 16 minutes and not one single touch in a game that was close. And the Steelers' defense is so tough against the pass. And Jared Goff is not not a good quarterback. And, you know, like, honestly, MJD's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And, and you know, when, when a guy like that with so much knowledge and he has such, such an intimate relationship with the team and he's, I don't know. Like, at this point, I feel like maybe it's just... McVay's, he's just stubborn. That he's uh, you're trying to be he's just stubborn too smart like, for his own good sometimes. I mean, and he just wants to keep throwing the ball. Like, okay, well, you're going to lose games. But that's another interesting thing, too, here. And, and Grandma and I will talk about this on Friday's podcast, but I want to get your take on this. Part. Okay. Uh, Gurley, with a couple of old, old linemen down for the Rams against the Bears, who have gotten crushed by running backs uh, for the last four or five weeks, where are you projecting him this week? I mean... I said this on Monday that if they don't give the ball to Gurley this week, then he's done. You're never going to be able to trust him again. Not that you can trust him now. But what do you think about Gurley this week? I mean, I think I think he'll give you an average game. Uh, you know, like I don't think if you're looking for the big blow up, if you're looking for the 20 point uh, Todd Gurley game, like yeah, I think you're gonna, over. I think you're going to be disappointed. I mean, I think you know right now. A, a nice game out of Todd Gurley as he gets you somewhere around 15, 16 points. And I, I'm not totally sure he gets that. That's I mean, so sad. I, I would say looking 12 to 14 point range for Todd Gurley. Um, hopefully he gets you a touchdown, but I just don't I don't know that the touches are going to be there. Um, he, he's he's touchdown dependent. Yeah, he's yeah. completely touchdown dependent. The 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 I'm, we've talked about this a couple times here this season, but just the, the lack of targets and basically him not being used at all in the passing game. All those targets are now going to Gerald Everett. That's the big that is the big shocker yeah. that he's just not a part of the uh, of I mean, the dude, game. right now, you know, you're looking at you're looking at a guy who was it was you know probably end of the second round most people were taking him uh mid to end of the second round who legitimately might not be a top 50 pick next year honestly yeah. it'll I, depend I mean, it, it depends on right exactly but i mean the, it, he's another year older right right i mean like so why why would they suddenly go back to using him you know 25 times a game when they're not doing it now and he's healthier than he's ever been in any november in the nfl yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're I right. Mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's right. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting because I think we're gonna we're gonna get kind of a consensus. I think on Gurley early next off season, you know, people will kind of have their opinions formed of him, and uh, and I think it's gonna be hard to kind of move off of that. And you know, depending on what the Rams do in free agency in the draft, will also uh, have an impact on that. Whether He's, or not they decide to you know give Daryl Henderson some more, yeah. they work Malcolm Brown in, whatever they decide He's got to do. Fifteen catches. That is amazing. Yeah, and seven of those came in one yes, game. Yes, in one game. Against the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, he would have six, seven catch games regularly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> regularly. And those games would go for, like, 80 yards just receiving yeah. alone. Uh, and then you'd add all Sad. the juice with the with the rushing. But, um, so. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, let's talk some drops or not drops. Uh, and let's just start with Jared Goff. I mean, at this point... I, I I have a hard time coming up with a reason for you to hold on to him unless you're in a two QB league. But I think in most leagues, goodbye. He yep. can he can kind of be gone, right? Agreed. Yep. See yeah. Ya. Move on. Even I would start Kyle Allen over him this week. Yeah. I think, I think that's where we're at. I mean, we're man. Yeah. You gotta you gotta dig deep for some streamer, for some streamers for against Goff this week because it's just the the upside is just not there anymore. Um, this one might be a little tougher to swallow, but but Philip Rivers, who the last few weeks hasn't been particularly great. Um, that, that's an understatement. The schedule is is not really 
Super, I mean, he's got the Chiefs this week, which has sort of been a middle-of-the-road matchup. Uh, then they have a bye in Week 12. After that, he's at Denver. He's at Jacksonville, again, sort of middle-of-the-road. He's got the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just – it's not – it's not a, the worst schedule, but it's also not the best schedule. And for a guy who's yeah. not playing particularly well, um, you know, there are a lot of good streamers out there. And I don't know that I'm, I'm necessarily wasting a roster spot on Phillip Rivers if I can't trust him. No, I know. I get it. And, you know, at this point of the season, you know, especially if you have like one of the one of the better quarterbacks, more reliable quarterbacks. I only have one on my roster. You know, I, I don't need to have two quarterbacks. I'd rather load up on other positions. But um He's got the Chiefs this week, though. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like it's it's like you know, last week, oh Raiders, oh man, you know, he was a top ten pay uh, potentially at quarterback, and he did nothing. And now, in a in a, the game is in Mexico on Monday night. He's got the Chiefs, and the Chiefs, you know, the quarterbacks have been okay against them this season. So, it, it's one of those. What do you have as an alternative on your roster, for example, if you have Josh Allen? I could see, you know, I, I I don't know if I could see cutting rivers because Allen's schedule gets really tough. Mm-hmm. So so it really all depends. Like if Jameis Winston is your quarterback, then maybe you cut him. Okay, um, if you're looking to pick up a hot free agent, but Rivers is at this is this is one of his worst fantasy seasons, one of his worst, and we've also seen that switch to going to Melvin Gordon and the running game now uh, with oh, Wisenhunt yeah. no longer there. So. Melvin, and more, Melvin Gordon's going to eat. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who, who right. went from, like, should I start him or not to, like, oh, dude, this guy's a must-start, I mean, in the last, like, three or four weeks. So, you know, th- this week is going to tell us a lot about Rivers and whether or not we're going to be able to trust him because right now you can't. I- I'm with you. Gordon and Eckler are both going to have really nice games. Huge games. The Chiefs. Uh, they have their bye. Rivers has his bye in Week 12, and they mm-hmm. come back and they play at Denver. So I think if you do have a Josh Allen or maybe somebody else you feel more comfortable yep. with, these next, you know, three weeks, you could, you know, you're not going to be using Rivers at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's uh, I think I probably uh, side with, with Graham there. But again, it all depends on what you have right. on your roster. So. All right. Uh, Jeff Ratcliffe sort of touched on this, but LaShawn McCoy, I mean, the load management thing, like it, it was hard enough to to kind of justify holding on to LaShawn McCoy because the production wasn't there. And now if we're going to have to deal with every other week or so, he's just sitting out like there's just no way. Yeah, right? it's, it's over. I, I actually think uh, Daryl Williams might end up being the, the number two there by the Excuse me. By the season's end, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it's it's over for McCoy. I think I think you can set him free, man. Uh, Robbie Anderson, is it over for him too? I mean, last week seemed to be a great matchup. He had one catch for but eleven yards. Demarius yeah. Thomas is getting more targets. Demarius Thomas right. is getting some looks. That was exactly what I was going to say. If Demarius Thomas is getting more looks than you, and you're failing against you know in these just awesome matchups, he failed against the Dolphins two weeks ago too. It's just it's over for for Robbie as well, which is yeah. sad because I, I thought he had just an absurd ceiling in this uh, in this offense, but when he had that Aces. big game, was that against the Cowboys? It was. He had a ninety. I remember a ninety-yard reception. I remember like that, yeah. picking him up and thinking, well, "This could this could help me down yeah. the stretch." <laughs> and, <laughs> then, so and, then, and then and then Sam Donald started seeing stuff that wasn't there, and um and Demarius Thomas is getting all the targets aside from clearly Jamison Crowder, who's getting a lot of options uh, of uh, opportunities as well. Yeah. So um, last one, Jimmy Graham. And I know, Fabs, you were sort of railing against Jimmy Graham uh, earlier in the yeah. week. It's is, is he done? I mean, even even at a thin tight end spot. It doesn't uh, matter. Like <laughs> he's a name and that's it. Like a lot of people, you fall in love with names. Now, there have been some games this season where, you know, the matchup's been good. And then you, know, you potentially stream him. But if I'm going to if I'm going to have a tight end. On my roster, who has a buy? I'm picking up Jacob Hollister. I'm not sitting on Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham has had fewer than eight fantasy points in three straight games, and in let's see, five of his last six. 
I mean, that's that's awful. You know, I mean, like he's touchdown dependent. He's had one good game. That was against Oakland, uh, where he had over 16 fantasy points, and that's it. Like, and now they're running the ball so much with Aaron Jones and, and, and Jamal Williams. Devontae Adams is back. If you have Graham on your roster and Hollister's available, pick up Hollister, dump Graham. Uh, he is not worth a roster spot at this point. He's just, he's just not. Man. And, I mean, after the bye, guess what? They got San Francisco. Have fun with that. Man, remember. And they got Chicago in week 15. Remember Jimmy Graham? Like, those were the days. I, he was so good. <laughs> those Gronk, were the days. We had Gronk those years, like, back in the early, you know, like, mm-hmm. 2012, 2013. Tight end was so, so hot back so then. So nice. Tony, uh, Tony Gonzalez was balling out the yeah. his year, end of his career. In, in Atlanta, year. yeah. Yeah. Man. Um, it was a good time. It was a good time to be a tight end. It was oh, really fun to have tight ends in your lineup. Now we have like, like three good players. That's, that's it. it. And then some of those are getting hurt. That's the worst part. Right. So. Yeah, Austin Hooper, our, our tight end one, uh, <sighs> is hurt. Poor little out. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. And Evans hurt. Kittle is hurt. Kittle's hurt. It's, uh, I'm going to be so sad if George man. Kittle can't play this week against the Cardinals. Like, how unfair will that be? <laughs> right? Best uh, matchup of, of the year he's going to get at home yeah, against and he, the Cardinals, and he's hurt. He had a good game against them he a couple a, of yeah, weeks ago, yeah, too. Yeah, they played on so. Thursday and he, Yeah, that's the game he got hurt in. He battled through that and, and uh, got it done. Man. Yep. Yep. Wow, I, what a downer to end the show on. <laughs> I know, right? And that's the show. But, hey, uh. you know, maybe, maybe we you know give some people some, some tight ends that they're going to be able to trust this week, right? So if, if Adam Thielen is out again. Then uh, Kyle Rudolph is back Kyle in your Rudolph, life. Kyle Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, is back in your life. I mean, he was, a, he was a streamer for us last week, had a couple of touchdowns against my boys, and, um, you know, he's getting more opportunities, especially in the red zone. Uh, Greg Olson's a good play this week. Gerald Everett's a good play this week. Uh Jack Doyle has had three Doyle. straight games you know with like double-digit fantasy points. I, like, I kind of like Noah Fant as a streamer this I week. I do like yeah. Noah Fant this week uh, for, for Denver against if Minnesota. If you were able to get Jared Cook this week, great matchup against Tampa. So, I mean. There are options. It's just are, not as sexy as it's Yeah, exactly. Like, like, you're basically just, you know, putting a dude into your starting lineup and crossing your fingers that, you know, he gets you. <laughs> he scores a touchdown. Like, honestly, like, if you get seven points from a tight end right now, you're like, eh, you're, you're feeling okay. Exactly. Like, that's, that's if, all right. It, like, like Jeff mentioned, if you get those three catches for 30 yards and you just feel comfortable, with <laughs> you're <good. laughs> then yeah. you're fine. Yeah, yeah. You're good. This is where we are now. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it. We are done. We appreciate you listening and downloading as always. Uh, thanks again to Jeff Ratcliffe for his time. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, date someone who has a different favorite cereal than you so they won't eat yours. We'll see you on Friday. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. 
And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.